The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Going to Hollywood. We're going to talk with Dan Harari, and he's a, been a PR guy in the world of show business for a number of years, but he's also written a book which is very interesting to talk about called After They Came, which is fiction, but describes things that may be very much factual. And he's also had some experiences I'd like to hear about. Dan, welcome to the Paracast. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. By the way, Gene, my, my first book was called Flirting with Fame. It came out last summer, and that was about my Hollywood career, by the way. Flirting with Fame. Oh, yeah. I bet you've got stories to tell about that. This was a general purpose show as opposed to a paranormal show. Uh, we go into that. On the other hand, sometimes show business is paranormal, so maybe we're missing the boat <laughs> my, here. My, everything about my show business career has been paranormal, yes. Well, I'm going to ask you about paranormal. In your career, according to your bio, you worked with Fleetwood Mac, correct? I worked with Bruce Springsteen before anyone ever heard of him outside of his parents. I worked with Bruce in 1973. I worked with Fleetwood Mac in 73. I worked with Kiss in 74 and i was in high school i grew up in asbury park new jersey gene right on the jersey shore and uh, asbury park when i was a child was a wonderful paradise then late 60s the riots came and, and it went downhill for many decades now again it's resurrected and it came back to life it's a wonderful place now again but when i was in high school in the early 70s there was a little concert hall a block from the ocean called the sunshine inn and Bruce Springsteen used to play there all the time, or he even had the E Street Band. It was the Bruce Springsteen Band. And I worked with Bruce and, and doing stage crew and lighting in 73. And his sax player, Clarence Clements, asked me and my best friend if we wanted to go on the road and be Bruce's roadies, to which I replied, Clarence, we're 16, we don't drive cars, and our, and our fathers want us to go to college. So I turned down Bruce Springsteen. Well, that's certainly a feather in your cap. I don't know. I know nothing about the guy. My late brother, Wally, lived near a lot of wealthy people, Rumson. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he had a beautiful fixer-upper of a house. It was huge. I never saw all the rooms. I do know he tried to show off. So in his master bedroom, the TV projection TV was on the ceiling. So you could watch TV while lying down. Which is fine, but if you want to sit up, what do you do? (laughs) 
Right. You'll spill popcorn all over yourself, I guess, right? If I was much into popcorn. I gave up popcorn when the movie theater started selling it for like $6 a container. I said, this I don't need. I was going to ask you about Fleetwood Mac, though. How long did you work with him? Uh, just one concert. Just one concert. Bob Welch was the lead singer. This is before Lindsey Buckingham and, 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 and Stevie Nicks. It was 70, I believe it was 73. They were very seedy, drunken kind of, they didn't even draw a big crowd. I mean, they were not cute. My friend and I did stage crew and lighting. So that meant when the trucks arrived in the mornings, my friend and I, Steve, would unload the trucks, set up the amps and the drums and the keyboards, help them all, all that. Then we would help them set up their lights show unless they used our light show. Steve and I would run the lights during the show, and then after the concert was over, we'd pack up everything and schlep it back out into the truck. You know, we've done it at 2 in the morning, and then we had high school, at, you know, at 8 in the morning, so we were exhausted. But we worked with a lot of big bands, Matha Hoople, Humble Pie, Jay Giles, Deep Purple, a lot of bands that have been lost to history. Well, Fleetwood Mac, of course, we lost Christine McVie recently. They're semi-lost yeah. to history. Then they threw out Lindsey Buckingham, because they couldn't stand him. If you have to choose between him and Stevie Nicks, who are you going to choose, right? You're going to go with Stevie Nicks. So, and those right, two don't go. I remember this video they have on YouTube of Go Your Own Way, which is about the I breakup thought- between Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. And, I mean, he's a terrific songwriter, a terrific guitarist, and he's really doing great. But I suspect he was taking substances that you or I don't know about. And I know a few. I'm sure that's probably true. I think Go Your Own Way is a wonderful song. It's a wonderful song. Really, really well done. And Nick Fleetwood was a pretty... uh, I'm a drummer, uh, Gene. I've been a drummer since 1966. When the Monkees came on TV, 66, I was 10. I was a classical pianist, believe it or not, from the age of 7. So from 7 to 10, I played classical piano because my parents were musicians. And then the monkeys came, and I turned to my parents, and I said, I'm going to play the drums like Mickey Dolan. And I've been playing the drums since 1966. I still have my drum set from that I got from my bar mitzvah. I still have it. It's interesting to learn that Mickey Dolan was actually a guitarist, is a guitarist, and he learned the drums only to play concerts for the monkeys. But what, when they were doing the studio work, they were using musicians like the Wrecking Crew. That's the first two albums. But on the third album, Headquarters, all the four monkeys actually played their own instruments on Headquarters. They were pretty decent, as a matter of fact, especially Mike Nesmith. He was gifted. I saw his very last show of his entire life, and then he died a few weeks later. His last show ever was in in October 2021 at the Greek Theater in Hollywood. I was there. He died three weeks later, and uh, he, he didn't look well. He didn't sit, he barely sang. He spoke his lyrics, didn't sing them, and he did not even hold a guitar. And I had seen him perform earlier with Mickey and with all the monkeys, and he was wonderful. But his very last show, Gene, he didn't look very healthy. That's really sad to hear. It's interesting. I heard the legend that when the monkeys started playing their instruments in the studio also, when they did Pleasant Valley Sunday... Mike Nesmith was the only one to get the guitar licks right. I always thought that was Glenn Campbell. So uh, you, you, you may well be right. But, um, you know, Glenn Campbell was part of the Wrecking Crew as well. Sure. I was watching some of the videos of the Wrecking Crew 
and was amazed at the people. Hal Blaine, for example, who played drums with everybody in the universe. He played with Elvis. He played with Frank Sinatra. I think Strangers in the Night, as a matter of fact. He played with Nancy Sinatra. He played with the birds. He played with with Brian Wilson because the Beach Boys could play their instruments. But when they went to the studio, Brian had the wrecking crew lay down the backing tracks. All right, so speaking of Brian Wilson, I had dinner with him a year ago. A lovely guy, but mentally it's sad because he's not quite all there. But I did have dinner with him a year ago. Uh, Michelle Phillips is a friend of mine from the Mamas and Papas. I had lunch with her last week. And Pal Blaine, you know, the wrecking crew played on all the Mamas and Papas tunes as well. Exactly. I mean, he played, what, a thousand hit records? Interesting. Uh, yeah, and, those and, guys, they had the magic touch, man, all those guys. Yes, you would understand why they were used, because they get all these magic licks in there. Sonny and Cher, sure. and like you said, the Beach Boys, right? I mean, they, they, were, they were Hollywood's backup band, and all of the Hollywood talent, and in the 60s, man, look at the Hollywood talent that came through L.A. in the 60s remarkable genius you know the birds i mean one genius band after the next they all came through but then you know then there were the beatles they played their own stones played their own the doors played their own uh there were lots of hendrix there were lots of cream lots of bands that played their own but a lot of the la hollywood type groups uh and some of the laurel canyon groups they went to the, the wrecking crew By the way, folks, if you want to learn about The Wrecking Crew, there are a number of videos on YouTube, especially one with Carol Kay, who is apparently the greatest bass player on the planet. She's still around and still does instructional videos if you want to learn to do what she does. Dan Hereri, Hollywood PR agent. We're going to talk, though, about his UFO experiences in this book that he came out with recently. With Gene and Tim, you're in The Pericast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. 
Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Did you get a call or message that mentioned Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Don't fall for it. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to oig.ssa.gov. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Dan Harari joining us, and we're really happy to talk to him about his background in show business. We're all interested in that. I was mentioning Carol Kay here. She created a lot of the baselines for songs you know about, like Good Vibrations, like These Boots Are Made for Walking. Right. And now on Sunny and Cher, she would take a normal, simple baseline and give it magic. She did Walking Bass, Walking Baseline. There's a very famous song that we all know. I can't think of it now. It's on my iPod, but there's a very famous, it might be a Glenn Campbell song. Yeah, one of the Glenn Campbell songs, do, 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 do. She did the walking bass line, and Glenn Campbell said, thanks, you, you just made the song. And she did that with so many. I mean, think of good vibrations, or even these boots are made for walking. Think about the bass lines on those songs 
and think of this woman who put it all together. And like I said, she's still around, and we're really glad to hear that. Let's approach another paranormal reality here. Not the paranormal reality of show business, but the paranormal <laughs> reality of UFOs. Okay. Now, what got you into our corner of the world? Well, two entirely separate things. Two entirely, well, a few, a few different things. I'll tell you the big one. In 2017, my father passed away. We were very, very close, and I miss him to this very much every day. So a few days after his death, I was at a restaurant in West L.A. It was actually at a deli, Gene. It was at uh, Junior's Deli, which is long gone. And I was waiting for my pastrami sandwich, mourning my father, and out of absolutely nowhere, and this is a true story, I'm just sitting there minding my own business. It was like, I want to say it's almost like a beam of light from heaven, but something from above was beamed into my brain, and I remembered in vivid detail for the first time in 47 years that my father and I had a major UFO sighting in 1970 when I was 14. 1970, I'm 14. My father picked me up. It was actually from Hebrew school. He's driving me home. It's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon in a suburban New Jersey neighborhood. I'm in his car, and as we're driving, a huge silver V-like Victor, V-shaped craft was above my father's car and hovering. It was, it was barely moving. It was hovering silently, maybe 200 feet in the, off the ground. And I go, Dad, oh, my God, look, Dad, Dad, look, 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 a UFO, a UFO. I'm screaming, jumping up and down, a UFO. So I said, stop the car. We stopped the car. My dad and I got out. We looked straight ahead, straight over our head. And this thing, I would say each wing was about maybe the size of two buses. And it was just enormous, right above us, silent and shiny silver. I said, Dad, a UFO, we saw a UFO, we saw you jumping up and down. I'm 14, right? My dad looked at it, Gene, like he was looking at a head of lettuce in the supermarket. He looked at it like, yeah, okay, so. He looked at it like it was no big deal. Then, here's the killer. Then he looked at me, winked, and said, Danny, let's go home. Now, I forgot about that, Gene, until my dad passed 47 years later. I had forgotten about that event. So I'm waiting for my pastrami sale at Junior's Deli. The whole event came to me into my brain like a movie in vivid detail. And I went, oh, my God. So I took a pen. I borrowed a pen from the waiter. There was a paper placemat on the table at the deli. And I wrote down, write a book. Uh, lead character uh, finds out his father knew about UFOs. And then I wrote ATC, all capital, ATC. And I swear to you, I didn't know what that was. I looked at it and looked at it and I wrote, and then I realized it was after they came. And I'm like, okay, that's the name of my book. So my book, After They Came, it just came out March 1st. It was sort of divinely inspired, absolutely divinely inspired. And I dedicated it to my father. It's a fictitious book, science fiction. But in the book, the lead character finds out his father, his late father, was a scientist who worked um, with UFOs and reverse alien technology, which I think my dad may have done. Why? My dad worked for the U.S. Army for 45 years. He was an electronics engineer, Fort Monmouth, New Jersey. 
My dad in, invented and designed missiles, uh, radar systems, and drones and from 1951 to 96. So everything my dad did for the Army either flew in the sky or spied on our enemies. So, so everything he did flew in the sky. After he died, I asked my mother if he ever mentioned UFOs. She said no, but when he started his job at Fort Monmouth in 1951, they took him into the vaults, deep in the vaults, and they showed him something extraordinary, and they said, this is top, top secret. You can never tell anyone what you saw here today, as long as you live. He came home, my mother said he came home pale, and he was shaky and nervous. She said, what's wrong? He goes, I saw something today. I could never tell anyone about as long as I live. So my mother said he was never the same after that. So when I had my divine moment at the deli, and I realized my dad looked at this craft gene like he knew what it was, and he winked at me and said, let's go home. Well, when my dad winked at me, I believe he knew what that thing was. And not only that, I think my dad may have been involved in its design. And I truly in my heart believe it may have been used uh, reverse engineered alien technology because it was the biggest thing you ever saw in the sky that was silent and hovering. And I don't know that we had that technology in 1970. Well, we assume, of course, that whatever they test is maybe half a decade, a decade ahead of what they show. So it's not unusual also to think that maybe we did reverse engineer something. But I have this kind of opinion, which is not meant to be skeptical, just a sense of reality, that if a spaceship came here from a race hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, how would we even be able to grasp their technology? I mean, take your iPhone, for example, or whatever smartphone you have, and, and, and go back to Bell Labs in 1947 when the transistor was invented and say, here it is, figure it out. Well, Gene, if you add in, and I don't know, and I have no idea, but if you add in that, the alien, that there are friendly aliens here who have been helping us and have explained these technologies to us, then, you know, then it would make sense. So I agree with you. If you gave an iPhone to a caveman, what's he going to do with it? You know, use it for a door stopper. We didn't you didn't have doors even. But I was thinking of something them, more, something them, where there is technology. Analyze the electronics, then maybe, maybe I, I don't know. I really can't, I don't know. Well, for example, your iPhone has what? The equivalent of billions of transistors. So you think about the first transistor and that sized module now has billions of the same thing. That's what makes it most interesting to me. I remember the first transistor radios back in the 50s. I'm like I said, a tad older than you. I remember walking around with my transistor radio. It never seemed to sound as good as my tube radio, though. But my tube radio burned through batteries so quickly. Dan Harari... Hollywood guy talking about his book, a novelization of something that was based on fact. With Gene and Tim, you're in The Pericast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. 
And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. This is a USA News update. President Biden says he's ordered the Department of Defense to limit distribution of sensitive information after classified intelligence documents were leaked online. 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guardsman Jack Teixeira faces multiple charges under the Espionage Act. Abortion rights supporters demonstrated outside the Supreme Court Saturday. They were rallying for continued access to the abortion pill, Mifepristone. Police say two people are dead and four are wounded in a shooting Saturday night in a park in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the second shooting in a week in the city. Mayor Craig Greenberg says that's tough. This has been an unspeakable week of tragedy for our city. Authorities in Georgia confirm a fire at a Brunswick plastics factory is out. This is Karen Sloan, USA News. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack lost 35% of my heart to damaged tissue, and was supposed to spend the rest of my life on disability. What did I do? I took Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now, and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendivite. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. 
Okay, let's continue with Dan. So this original sighting in which you and your dad saw a UFO, but that wasn't the end of it, was it? No, so, so that story was part A and part B. Part A was 1970 sighting, part B, like I told you, and this is true, I forgot about that for 47 years. Now, recently, people have asked me, hey, Dan, you know, were you taken? Did you have missing time? No, it was nothing like that. When I was 14 and had that sighting, I had, you know, I had drums. I was in rock and roll bands. I was staring at girls in mini skirts, you know, trying to get up the cars to talk. To them. I wasn't uh, thinking about aliens and UFOs in 1970. So that was a major sighting. Then we jumped to the year 1996. 1996, I had been divorced. I had two kids. My ex-wife moved out to Lancaster, California, which is the high desert. She lived near Edwards Air Force Base. And in 96, my son was eight, and I got him a telescope. I used to visit my children on the weekends up in Lancaster in the desert. So one weekend, my son and I were uh, uh, using this telescope, watching the sky, now, in L.A., where I live, you can't see the sky quite often because it's very smoggy. In the last few days here, it's been very smoggy. But in Lancaster, you can see the stars and the black sky, and it's crystal clear at night. So we were looking through a telescope in 96, probably summer, and we saw in the far right corner of the sky a bright egg-shaped object, right sort of off-yellow, off-white, off-yellow color streaming across the entirety of the sky from the far right-hand corner of the sky, as far as I could see to the right, all the way across the entire sky, all the way to the far left of the sky in the straight line. I said to my son, Jordan, I go, look, we just saw a satellite. It's a satellite. How cool is that, right? Then, Gene, the object stopped, stopped for about 30 seconds where it was, and then it reversed course, and it went all the way back across the entirety of the sky in the same exact line it had first traveled in. And I said, okay, well, that's certainly not a satellite or an asteroid or a meteor. I don't think that's anything man-made. I don't think we can do that. So that was my second sighting. Um, the next step of this journey is the year 2007. I was at a bookstore just killing time at a bookstore, and I saw the paranormal books aisle. And I'm a bibliophile. I love books. I have hundreds and hundreds of books, mostly biographies I like to read. When I saw a paranormal aisle in 07, I'd never really looked at that aisle before in my life. And I looked, I saw aliens and UFOs and crop circles and ghosts and poltergeists and past lives and all these wonderful things that are fascinating. And I looked at it and I said, wow, this is so cool. I don't know about any of these things. I don't know about any of this at all. I have no information. So I bought 12 books, as many as I could carry. I brought them home, started reading them, and realizing if you start to study the UFO history of the world, that we are not alone and we've never been alone. My eyes were opened in 07. I joined MUFON LA. I joined MUFON LA that same year, 07. And one of the earliest lectures at a MUFON gathering was Giorgio Tsoukalos. And everyone knows Giorgio because he has the crazy, wild, crazy black hair. And he's the creator of the Ancient Aliens TV show on History Channel. He's Eric Van Daniken's uh, protege. So in 07, 
Giorgio gave an, an hour and a half lecture about ancient alien theory and cave drawings and petroglyphs, biblical references to UFOs, uh, Renaissance paintings that had UFOs in the background. And he's telling me his, the theories that, that he and Eric Von Daniken are believers in. And Gene, I started to cry. I actually started to cry. And I was like, oh my God, this is the history of mankind that, that we don't know. It, it's unbelievable to me. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I went up at the end, I shook his hand, I hugged him, I go, Giorgio, man, I go, you just changed, you just opened my eyes to a whole new world. So since then, I've been a member of MUFON LA. That's that. And then in 08, this is the last part of the story, 08, MUFON LA meeting, um, James Gilliland did a lecture. Do you know James Gilliland? I know of him. He's not been on the show. Okay, so James Gilliland owns a ranch in Washington State. It's now called the ECETI Ranch, E-C-E-T-I. It's at the base of Mount Adams. It used to be an Indian reservation hundreds of years ago. James Gilliland is a cleric, and he owns this ranch, and it's a world-famous UFO hotspot. And he gave a lecture at MUFON LA, and he showed slide after slide and video and video, and I'm like, wow, I got to go there, man. I want to see some UFOs. I got to go there. So in 08, a girlfriend of mine and I went, spent the weekend at James Gilliland's ranch. During the days, they had seminars and lectures and talks. I think Nick Pope might have been there. William Henry, I remember, was there. And then at night, they built a, be- a bonfire. It was open air. It was open air. So they built a bonfire, and people would play guitar, sing, and dance around the bonfire. And we'd look up at the sky and sort of like be praying for a sighting. So the first night, Friday, praying, praying, sighting, nothing, absolutely nothing. Second night, Saturday, same thing, bonfire, dancing, praying for a sighting, absolutely nothing. The third night, Sunday, the last night, I said to my girlfriend, you know what, let's just give this a few minutes and then let's leave so we can beat the traffic. And right after I said that, Jane, a huge craft out of absolutely nowhere showed up directly above us. There must have been 300 of us there. Directly above our head, it was sort of a black teardrop-shaped craft, dark, and underneath it was a bright emerald green light. Beautiful, the most beautiful emerald green you ever saw in your life. Bright emerald green. It was hovering above our head a few hundred feet. It flashed on and off three or four times the light. Flashed on and off right over us as if to say, hello, we're here. We acknowledge you. We wanted to say hello. We were in the neighborhood. We hope you're well. We love you. But two seconds later, that thing took off. It just took off and it was gone. And we cried. I cried. People were crying and hugging and kissing and dancing. It was a wonderful moment. So those are my three UFO sightings. But again, it, it was until after my dad passed that I got this vision to write a book called After They Came. And, and it was inspired by my first sighting in 70 with my father. That's the way it always is, though, when it comes to when people go out on UFO hunts. It's so like you said, I mean, you're there for three days and then you're like, eh, well, let's, let's just wait right. one more minute and then we'll leave. And then stuff happens. You're fortunate, though, because a lot of people are like, ah, let's just leave. And then afterwards, people will be like, oh, you shouldn't have left because, you know, it was like 20 craft came down and the little gray guys came out and shook everyone's hands and then left. You missed it. 
Tim, I was very grateful that I didn't. I, I really was looking at my car thinking, if I leave now, there were 300 people there. And I'm like, if I leave right now, I'll beat all the cars out of this ranch. And then, I don't know, I'm telling you, 10 minutes later, we, we had the sighting. It was very cool. Did you feel like, especially after that particular sighting, that you may have been left with some kind of mental imprint, for want of a of a better word? Because you know, I've I've talked to a lot of people who have had that kind of sighting, where something comes very close overhead, and it, it may seem like just you know, a standard UFO sighting. But then afterwards, you're left with an impression that there was some kind of communication that went back and forth. Did you feel that way afterwards? Yeah, 100% yes. I felt that they were there to absolutely say hello. They flashed their light on and off directly above us. It was literally them saying, hi, hello, we're here, we see you. It was a wonderful moment in my life. I I started to cry. People were crying. Let's break it here. We'll continue with Dan and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your Longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. 
I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers. There's only four days worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about extreme weather, the alarming increase in man-made disasters, or worsening food shortages, Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. They include tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners with over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on your three-month supply at MyPatriotSupply.com. Too many Americans are being let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. So Daniel says people were crying at this point in time. Tell us more. Sure. So again, I'm at the James Gilliland Isetti Ranch. This is for, it was Fourth of July weekend, uh, 2008, and again, three days of you know seminars and films and videos and presentations and people like Nick Pope and William Henry speaking, and great information. And then at night, we we laid out. Some people had sleeping bags. Uh, some people had lawn chairs. We were out in this huge field at the base of Mount Adams. And again, Friday night, nothing. Saturday night, nothing. Sunday night, as I wanted to leave, just one indescribable craft. I mean, you remember in The Wizard of Oz, you know, remember when the, remember when the movie turns into color and you see the, the Emerald City and how gorgeous that emerald green color was? This was like that emerald green on steroids. It was this most remarkably warm, rich emerald green color. To me, I can still almost feel it in my soul. It felt like the color was warming my heart. It was a very deliberate communication, Tim, for sure. It was interactive. Women were crying. (laughs) I I cried. People were hugging. It was like, and, and after it left, we were all like, wow. To this day, and this is how many years later, 08, and I still could remember it vividly, and, I'm, and it touched me deeply. I realized that there were uh, intelligent life that exists, absolutely exists for sure. That was not man-made, but what I saw was the way it took off and disappeared. It was not man-made. There's no way. 
yes, it was it was communicative, interactive, warming. I was blessed by that. I wasn't taken. Nobody was taken. We don't have missing time. I wasn't abducted. I know people that have been abducted. I've met quite a few in the last two months. But no, nothing like that for me. But it was a warm, spiritual, wonderful awakening for me. Remind me, um, Mount Adams and the area around that, is that, is that known for uh, UFO activity? Washington State. Okay, so Kenneth Arnold, right? We all know this Kenneth Arnold story. Mm-hmm. June 47, he saw, I think, Tim, I think it was nine. I think he saw nine discs. Mount Adams is one of the mountains in the range. I forget which mountain. His might have been Mount Rainier. It's one, right, of, yeah. the, it's one of the uh, mountains in the Washington State mountain range. When I was at the ranch, I asked uh, James the history, and he said it used to be an Indian reservation. He said that Mount Adams had an Indian name. I don't remember the name, but he said it meant the, sh- the shining mountain because the Indians hundreds of years ago would see lights coming and going from the mountain at all hours of the day and night. If you Google the Iseti Ranch, you'll see there are still photos of flying saucers coming in and out of Mount Adams. I did not see that. I wish I had. I really wish I had. I did not see that. But there are photos of flying saucers coming in, inside and out of Mount Adams. What did your girlfriend think about this after the you know after this sighting? I mean, was she as thrilled as you were? Because I know a lot of times, you know, someone's like, "Oh, gosh, I want, you know, I want to see a UFO," and then when they actually see one, they end up being just scared. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. I'm trying to remember because we broke up a few months later over other things. Uh, I think she was enthralled. I remember her smiling and we were, we hugged. I mean, it was joyous. It really was joyous. Those of us who were there were, were people were just strangers were hugging other strangers. It, it, it was a group event. It was a group moment in time. Uh, I believe Barbara enjoyed it. Maybe not as much as me. I don't even know if she'd remember it today, so many years later. But uh, it was profoundly, it was profoundly moving to me. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure she did. She was smiling and, and, and happy about it. So at one time, people would go on pilgrimages to religious locations, looking for God or angels or, or, or whatever at, at, at particular places. And this experience, to me, sounds almost spiritual. You know, and, and you know, I've, I've talked about this before in on this show and other shows, that a lot of people nowadays, they, they don't go seeking God or angels. But instead, UFOs have kind of filled that niche. You know, it's it's the the, the 21st century uh, 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 religion. I mean, do you get that impression from locations and uh, events such as this, and 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 others that have occurred uh, uh, around the world? I went to this. Well, I, I, I'm not sure if I can really if I'm the right person to answer. I went to that retreat for the lectures and the seminars and the, and the, and the, and the documentaries and the information during the days. 
and I and, and with the hopes that maybe you know maybe in a million years I'll see a UFO from a distance for two seconds maybe if I'm lucky. I you know so I didn't go there hoping really I was going to see a sighting. I really went for the for the knowledge and to be out outdoors for the weekend was to camping outside that was fun you know. Um, I would say looking back at, at that now, the fact that that crap flashed its green light at, at, above my head, if I had to call that a religious experience, I would say, okay, yeah, okay, I would say that, yeah, that was. Um, I was profoundly touched, and again, it made me cry. I, I felt moved. I can still feel the warm feeling now today. People that go out and have these UFO events out at, at night, uh, and I work a lot. I, I, I have I work a lot. I don't travel much. I don't go to those things. I, would, I know I would love them. Um, and I, anyone who goes out and sees UFOs out in the desert, I wish them well, and I hope it affects them as positively as it affected me. But I would say yes. I would say it was semi a semi-religious experience for me. Now, let me ask you about that, the religious experience. Of course, you were bar mitzvahed. You're a nice Jewish boy from New Jersey. How does a nice Jewish boy from New Jersey cope with the possible religious experience encounter with a UFO? Well, that's a great question. And it was a year earlier when I, in 07, I was a nice Jewish boy. I did the holidays. I, I fasted on Yom Kippur, all that stuff. From, from you know the 60s until the year 2007. 2007, I went to MUFON LA. I met Giorgio. Giorgio did that session that I mentioned earlier. And Gene, when I'm telling you, when I drove home that night, I said to myself, well, there goes my religion. There, there, goes, there goes Judaism because there's holes now. What, you know, Moses and the Israelites thought it was God was extraterrestrials. I'm convinced of that. In fact, the very, very first page of my book, there's a quote from Exodus from the Jewish Bible from Exodus. Can I read it to you? Sure. And I think Giorgio must have presented this because when I saw this quote, I, my mind was blown. This is from Exodus, the Jewish Bible. First page of my book. The Lord went before the Israelites by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. Pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Exodus thirteen twenty one. Okay, let's think about that, right? A pillar of light that led the Israelites through Egypt I don't think that's God. I think that's a UFO. I believe that's a craft. What else could that possibly be? It was a craft. You know, the expression manna from heaven? You know, we all love God, but I don't think God did manna from heaven. But I think that craft certainly did, because that's how the Israelites lived in the desert for 40 years. There's no food there. So... My Judaism took a way back seat, Gene, to answer your question. And um, I love God in my own way, but I know extraterrestrials exist. I truly believe in ancient alien theory. I met Eric Fundanigan a month ago, and I hugged him. I said, thank you for all you've done for us. 
And um, I believe that, that extraterrestrials crafted mankind. I believe that we are of their, of their design. And sure, of course, there's a God. God had to have created the, uh, the aliens. The aliens didn't create themselves. There has to be God. More into the ancient astronauts with Gene and Tim and Dan. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. As regular listeners of the Paracast know, we had Eric Von Daniken on the show for about half an episode a few years back, and he was a fascinating gentleman. And early on, this is way before you became involved, Daniel, we had known, I had known, a character named Yona Fortner, who was, he said, a rabbi. He said that he knew how to speak 25 different languages, including Sanskrit. Of course, I had no way of knowing, so he would address me in Sanskrit, and i say, what did you say? And he said, you'd know if you could speak Sanskrit. He wrote, a, he wrote for a tiny magazine called Saucer News back in the late 50s under the name Y.N. Ibn Haran, and he titled it Extraterrestrialism as an Historical Document. That Jehovah, the God of the Old World, was really E.T. 
And he was writing about that in the 50s. Another person named Brinsey Laporte Trench, who was minor royalty in the UK, was writing books like They Live in the Sky back in the 1960s. So Eric von Daniken was not quite the first, but it's a very popular theory. And as you know, as a fiction writer, the possibility of ancient astronauts has infused a lot of fiction. And we give one very primary famous example, Stargate. Well, I took Kabbalah years ago for a few weeks. It's very dense, Gene. It was over my head. Really, it was very hard to read and understand. But there are symbols in in Kabbalah that are very ET, alien-friendly. Like uh, I think there's one that says something. There's a symbol that says, like, anti-gravity or, or you know, or, or things that float in the air. There, there, there are sort of, like, hints. There's a chart of, of terms in Kabbalah, and some of the ter- I used to have it on my door. I don't know where I put it. But some of the terms in Kabbalah are very, <laughs> very uh, alien-esque. And I've been thinking I should try, now it's been years, I should try to go back to Kabbalah and open my mind. Um, Kabbalah is sort of the dark, hidden parts of Judaism. You know, you're from Brooklyn. My parents were from Brooklyn. I'm from Asbury Park. You know, you and I came of the same probably conservative Jewish background. You know, the Book of Enoch, Eric Van Daniken always talks about the Book of Enoch, the hidden part of of, uh, the Jewish Bible. And Enoch went up to heaven for years, and he came back and told everyone, yeah, I've traveled in spaceships all over the universe. There's a lot of stuff in Judaism that we were not taught, man. Experience with Judaism is is limited. (laughs) Well, I can't say that I'm really that great on it because my parents weren't that devout. So, you know, I kind of phased out of it over the years because of that. Ancient astronauts is almost seems like a perfectly logical possibility. If we're being visited by people from other planets, we can't assume they arrived in 1947 because as we go back through the history of the UFO mystery... It goes farther and farther back. And then when you read certain passages of the Bible, and I'm not a biblical scholar, I give that honor to one of our guests, David Halperin, who's a retired religious scholar. And what we see here is if we interpreted a society 2,000 years ago experiencing a visit from spaceships, how would they set it down? Exactly. If you read how Moses got the Ten Commandments, you know, the burning bush, Gene. All right, so was it a burning bush? Uh, Probably not. Was it a craft that was bright and looked like it maybe was on fire or it was so brilliant and and, and wondrous to Moses with his eyes? Uh, According to these theories, the burning bush for Moses, that was a craft. Moses got the Ten Commandments on a craft. He was gone up in that mountain. I forget the name of the mountain. He was gone for a very long time. That's why the Jewish people at the base of the mountain created the golden calf. Moses was gone for so long, they forgot why they were there in the first place. Moses, they said, when he came, when he descended the mountain with the Ten Commandments, Moses was glowing. It's in the Bible. Moses was glowing. What does that mean? It's almost like he was radioactive or he had been exposed to you know some rays or, 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 or some technology of some kind. And um, add that into the quote I read, the pillar of fire that led the Israelites by night, a pillar of fire 
Well, that's a, that's like a cigar-shaped UFO. Pillar is like a column or a cigar. Uh, manna from heaven. I love manna from heaven, man. Think about it. Manna from heaven. God created these balls. They were like honey wafer balls. That's what manna was, honey wafer balls. That had all the ingredients that people needed to survive. Did God rain those down, or did this craft that followed the Israelites for 40 years, did the craft feed them? Well, it seems to me the craft probably fed them. I don't know that God, God might have been too busy to do that for 40 years. So there are so many ways to look at our, our religious. Then, of course, there's Jesus. Okay, if Jesus was the Son of God, which he well could have been, he, by definition, he was half extraterrestrial at the least. At the least, he was already, on day one, he was half extraterrestrial. God is an extraterrestrial entity. If Jesus was the Son of God, he was half extraterrestrial, wasn't he? Maybe that's why he walked on water and did miracles. He was not human. He was not, he was not, he was half not human. So there's different ways. It's, it's open your eyes and, and open your hearts to new ways of looking at our, our history. And it fascinates me to no end. Well, one thing we can observe here is that ET evidently in the way they interacted with our planet a couple of thousand years ago, if that's what the case is, they did not have a prime directive. I'm sorry, they did not have what? A prime directive, like Star Trek, don't interfere with lesser civilizations. They did not observe that. Well, again, going back to what I've, I've been, I've seen every episode of Ancient Aliens, the TV show. That show has been on, I think it's 19 years, so it's been quite some time. Is that right? 19 years? I think 19 seasons. Um... I forget what I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Well, I think the point I was making here is that what we're seeing here is if everything is as described, what it means is that our visitors did not have any problem with interfering with our society. Oh, well, it's more than that. I remember what I was going to say. The theory, I think this is Sitchin. I think this is Sitchin. But the theory is that when they came to Earth, they discovered our incredible volumes of gold for whatever reason. This is like the Anunnaki, apparently, way, way back. The Anunnaki came. Those from heaven, those from heaven came. That's what Anunnaki means in Hebrew. Those from heaven came. They came for gold, apparently. And they found gold all over the world. They didn't want to mine it themselves. They saw our, who was on Earth. Who was on Earth? Cavemen, our, our, our you know, Cro-Magnon men, our, our, our great, great, great ancestors who looked like chimpanzees. So they probably said, well, you know, we, we can beef these guys up. Let's inject our DNA into these characters, these monkeys, give them a couple hundred years, thousand years, and then when they're ready, we'll train them to be our slave race to dig our gold. And that's part of ancient alien theory. And Sitchin, I believe, proposed that as well. So it's not that they, they, they came, if that's true, Jane, then they came here with a specific mandate. They wanted human beings to be their, their workforce. Well, that, of course, describes exactly what Stargate was about, that the Ga'uld, who were a serpent kind of race that 
possessed or occupied a human host, they came here and to other planets to use humans as their slaves and get whatever work they needed to have done. We have a lot of work to get done here. Dan Hareri, a Hollywood PR guy and author, sci-fi author of something that's based on fact after they came. And then we progress beyond that. And we're talking about the ancient aliens. More to come with Gene, Tim, Dan, you're in the podcast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about extreme weather, the alarming increase in man-made disasters, or worsening food shortages, Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. They include tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners with over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on your three-month supply at MyPatriotSupply.com. Too many Americans are being let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with 
with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, when we talk about here the slave drivers who came here to Earth to use the primitives for their own reasons, or forced labor or whatever. So they would have built the pyramids under the tutelage of E.T.? Well, the pyramids, Stonehenge, the giant structures in Central and South America, things that we couldn't build today. I'm not the authority. I'm just going on what I've learned in the last 20 years, really. But just common sense. Common sense. So think about Stonehenge. How did, how did our cavemen ancestors get those what 50 ton stones to stand on top of each other and they were quarried like what hundreds of miles away the stones weren't from a block away they were from you know, the stones in the, in the great pyramids they were from hundreds they were quarried hundreds of miles away my mother goes they put them on a raft how do you put a 50 ton rock on a raft on a raft and then i go ma how did they how did they build the pyramids with they used ropes and pulleys. Okay, that's a lot of ropes and pulleys. Think about that. That's a hell of a lot of ropes and pulleys. Did we have ropes and pulleys in 5000 BC, whatever they were built? I don't know about that. So I don't know why those structures were built. I truly believe that humans helped extraterrestrials to create those. The theory is that the ETs involved with the pyramids, they use some kind of um, sonic or audio technology to levitate the stones into place. Think about that. It makes a lot of sense. You know, how did our guys get those boulders up to the, the higher levels of, of that pyramid? It, it, it defies logic. It defies logic. Yeah, we had uh, Nick Redfern on the show uh, not too long ago who yeah. uh, basically was say, saying the same thing from uh, one of his books that uh, the pyramid builders and you know maybe some of the others were using some kind of sonic force in order to you know help help build these structures. He wasn't necessarily saying that, you know, E.T. was responsible, uh, but he was saying that, you know, apparently in the past we've had some kind of technology or at least knowledge that we no longer have today. I just remember, Gene, you might appreciate this. There was a Jewish song when we were, when I was little, or maybe when we were little, 
Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Now, that story, uh, Joshua was blowing like a shofar or a horn or a trumpet, whatever it was, some kind of a, he was blowing some kind of an instrument. And it caused the walls of his enemies, the, the, the stone walls, to come down. So since Jewish Israelites were the chosen people, were they chosen by God? Maybe. Were they chosen by extraterrestrials? I think so. Maybe the extraterrestrials helped Joshua when he's blowing that horn. That might have been the, the, the device that had the, um, the sonic ability to move stones. And yeah, that could be why Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Think about that in the Bible. That's a song I learned when I was probably five years old. How did the walls come tumbling down if he's blowing a shofar? There was technology involved, of course, there had to be. The thing I wonder about when we talk about things like this is we have the possibility here of an extraterrestrial presence a couple of thousand years ago, and then they're gone? They just sat back and kind of looked over us? What happened to them? I don't think they ever left. There are thousands of sightings, UFO sightings, you know this, every year from around the world, every single year. And now with digital phones and things, there's more video. But And like one of you said earlier, 47 with Kenneth Arnold and Roswell, that's not when UFOs and aliens came to visit. That's when human beings first became aware of them. But again, they're, they're in the Bible, they're in Renaissance art, they're in cave drawings from our caveman ancestors and the American Indians in the Southwest, there are petroglyphs of remarkable alien looking beings and, and, and things in the sky that flew. The American Indians called them space brothers. You know this already. So I don't think that they left. I think they sort of, you know, like if you let, if you plant a garden and, and you spend a couple of years to get the garden, the soil and the seeds and everything ready. And then once you water it, you know, sort of let it grow. And then you want to watch to see what happens. I think they've been watching us. Once they created us and they seeded us, I think they watched us for a while. They may have come and gone for a while. Why did they come back in 47? Well, obviously, we just dropped two nuclear bombs over Japan. So they... The theory goes, they, they, that's when they came back and forth and like, hey, wait a minute, you human creatures that we created, you, you know, don't mess up the Earth. The Earth affects us, too. We're out there in the universe, but we don't want you to destroy your own planet. So I think that's why they've been more prominent since 47. But I think they've been here the whole time. Well, that, in a way, is the message in the movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Where right, okay, right. this being, Klaatu, comes here to warn us get your acts together, and if you don't, we'll just take you out. That's the message that was picked up by the UFO contactees of the early 50s, except the stick. They ignored that. They didn't want to bring that into it, that E.T. could just simply destroy our planet if they didn't like what we were doing. But otherwise, the basic message is almost a religious experience. I agree. Gene, what do you think of the three UAPs that were shot down over... Uh, North America in February. What do you think about those? That is an interesting story here. Is it just a $12 balloon? How can you send a $12 balloon way up there? $12 balloon? Heck, $12, you can't even buy a ream of paper anymore, 500 sheets. 
you can, I think it's like eight, nine dollars, but twelve dollars, maybe you'll get two reams of paper. How would you create a balloon that can fly tens of thousands of feet? Very interesting, though. Of course, the politics about the Chinese balloon. Obviously, they said we should have shot it down earlier, and we say, well, no, we want to make sure that the debris wouldn't hurt anybody or damage any property. Okay, well said. Suddenly, we have these three balloons that they took down with their little missile, and they're not going to recover it. Say、so、we can't recover it; it's out there somewhere, and it's not important. We are not going to make any prolonged effort to recover it. I'm thinking either they're sure these things were nothing important, or if they did recover it, we aren't going to know about it. What do you think? All right, so、uh, I'm going to disagree with you on on almost everything you just said, with with great respect. Well, get in line. Okay, let's re let's recap. The China balloon was from China, and it was man-made, and we all saw it on TV. And we all saw it on CNN when they fished it out of the ocean. And they showed us every step of the way. China, China, China—a man-made object. Okay. The next week, three objects in three days. We've never seen footage. We've never seen still photos. We've never seen videos. I've researched this. One of them was the size of a car. One of them was a cylinder. Daniel, let's do our break here. Yeah. For twelve dollars. Imagine buying this for twelve dollars. That、no, didn't happen. Dan, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Pedagast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding powered by David Allen Capital. Eighty percent of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience; just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own. So stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA News Update: Another train derailment, this time in Rockwood, Maine. Reports saying there were hazardous materials on board. Officials asking everyone to stay clear of that area. At least two people were killed, four others wounded, when shots were fired into a crowd gathered at a park in Louisville. Police do not know who was responsible or what their motive was. More tests being done in the aftermath of a massive fire at a recycling plant in Indiana. The Environmental Protection Agency says. Air 
monitors have detected hydrogen cyanide, chlorine, carbon monoxide, and other hazardous chemicals in ground-level smoke following Tuesday's blaze in Richmond, Indiana, that caused the evacuation of more than 2,000 residents. Asbestos has also been found in debris that fell over a mile away. The health department is testing more water and air samples, and officials say they're worried about the effects of the pollutants on residents. Corey Myers, USA News. Extendivite is more than just a heart tonic. Most basic diseases are caused by yeast in the gut and metals in the liver, and we all have a bit of both. The garlic in Extendivite has a yeast-killing effect in the gut while also helping the sulfur enzyme in the liver get rid of the metals. Extendivite just may improve your overall health. Products like Extendivite are the only way we are going to get our society healthy. And if you're waiting for the government and pharmaceutical care to solve your health problems, you're going to have a long, disappointing wait, I think. Extendivite is a complete formula for extended life in the new millennium. 80 can be the new 60. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Hi, this is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so the three UAPs seen the following week after we had the episode with the Chinese balloon. Very coincidental number one, that this would happen the week after. And as you right. say, the descriptions don't make sense if they were just cheap balloons. Makes okay, no so, sense wherever. Okay, so a good magician has his audience look at his right hand when he's doing the trick in the left hand. Biden, and I hate to say it, but Biden and the U.S. military, China, China balloon, China, China balloon, China, China balloon. Oh, yeah, and these other three things, yeah, they're probably balloons, and maybe they're China or Russia, and, you know, we're not really quite sure, but we shot them down. Each one was shot down with a missile by a major U.S. fighter pilot. Okay. All right. So we shot them down. Okay. You tell me, with today's technology, Gene, that we never recovered those debris? Absolutely we did. There are quotes when these things were shot down. I have them. Quotes that military people say, we're actively searching for the debris as we speak. 
they got the debris. There's no question. If they got the balloon out of China from the Atlantic Ocean, they didn't get one from Alaska, Canada, or Lake Huron. Of course they did. Of course they did. Our technology, we found all those objects. They've never been shown. They've never been seen. They've never been discussed. Everything was clumped into, yeah, the three, the three that we shot down. But the China balloon, it was a magician's trick. It was, look at my right hand. Don't look at my left hand because we shot down three alien craft, but we're not going to tell you. Look at the China balloon. And yeah, that, and the other three probably were China balloons. They absolutely were not. They absolutely were not. I've talked to a lot of people about this. It's all bull ass. They wanted us to look the other way and clump three UFOs in with a, with a man-made object. If they were alien, and that's a great question, if they were extraterrestrial, why did they allow America to shoot them down? That's a great question. I don't know. Well, you know, you just mentioned the problem I have with the Roswell episode. Okay, something crashes. First identified as a disc, then, oh, it's just a balloon. Okay, fine. And then the story goes dark until the late 1970s when, of course, Stanton Friedman talked to somebody about it and Charles Berlitz and William Moore, with the help of Friedman, wrote the Roswell book in 1980. Now, I think I might actually be named as a source in that book. I know I was mentioned in the Philadelphia Experiment. Anyway... I'm thinking here, you get the wreckage of a flying saucer, it crashes, then you take it away somewhere. All right, that makes sense. That's what we do, possibly. But if I was E.T., and one of my spaceships comes crashing down, do I want the primitive Earthlings to get a hold of our technology? I mean, especially if we know they mess things up pretty good, if they've been watching our warlike ways. So I always say, and this is something that People never take me up on, which is fine because that would be usual, that, <laughs> that if this was a spacecraft and it crashed, E.T. would have recovered it. They would have done something to the people who were transporting it, say, to wherever, Area 51, Hangar 18, wherever. They would have come down and taken the wreckage away or arranged for its destruction, as we would. I mean, think of one piece of our technology crashes in China, Russia, in Iran. Don't we want to make sure they don't get it? So the two things that could happen, one, they destroy it, but in a way that doesn't hurt people, or maybe they don't care, or they take it away. Either way, that's the secret. They might even have a device like the Neuralizer in Men in Black, where the Neuralizer wipes the memory of the people transporting this device. So that's the big secret of Roswell is there is no wreckage to analyze because E.T. took it back. Um, I disagree with you on that one. Could, could they destroy it? Probably. But again, it goes back to if you gave a caveman an iPhone, how worried would you be that, that he's going to start competing with Apple? It's not going to happen. So maybe they're like, hey, you know, hey, gay gesund. you got one of our craft, gay gesund, live and be well. You're never going to figure out what the hell it is. God bless you and your people, you know. Do you know this? And this fascinates me. There's a famous picture of Ramey, General Ramey, with um, Jesse Marcel with the, with the weather balloon nonsense. And in that picture, Ramey's holding a telegram in his hand. Do you know about this? They blew up the telegram and they because they figured out what it said. Do you know this? The Ramey memo, yes. 
There's a photo. Roswell, so the press office, Jesse Marcel announced we've recovered a disc. As in a, uh, I'm a publicist, so he did a press release. It ran all over the world. The next day, they did a, a bull-ass bull photo of General Ramey with Jesse Marcel with a weather balloon, the photo. And in the photo, Ramey's holding a telegram. Yes, that's the memo. He got oh, this thing okay. that they're okay. trying. There have been various efforts made to try to blow it up, enhance it, and see what the text says. People have done it. I've seen it. People have, have, have blown it up. It says something about the, the recovery, the disc, the debris, the bodies. All those kind of words are in there. Did you ever see the J. Edgar Hoover memo? And he talks about we don't have access to the bodies. Did you see that one? Well, yeah, I've seen I've seen that one. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover was uh, honked off because nobody would share uh, the information with the FBI. Right, right. There was absolutely an extraterrestrial crash, whether there was one or two ships. Well, Gene, let me ask you this. You know, was there one ship that partially dropped its, you know, the liquid metal over Roswell and then went on to uh, Corona? And that's where it embedded in the, in the ground? Or were there two ships that collided, do you think? I have general qualms about Roswell for lots of reasons. One is that we have the original story. We have how it was changed and spun. We have the people who remembered it 30 years, some odd years later. And then we have people trying to cash in and remembering things that can't be verified. And I think there's a lot of possibilities with Roswell. What spoils it is that so many years went by before we got the information with cultural contamination, whatever. And the contradictory stories that people like Kevin Randall and Don Schmidt and others have analyzed. And even today, Kevin says that something happened, possibly a spaceship, but he's not certain. But the reports of bodies, the stories that he got could not be verified. So that's where did it ever, stands. Did you ever see video of the funeral director that was shot, I believe, in the 50s? And he, he said he, he brought, I think, four or five small white wooden childlike coffins to the, to the, Fort Ros- to the Roswell uh, Army base uh, for the bodies to be buried in. Did you ever hear that? Did you ever see that one? That would have come in the 70s or 80s because they weren't talking about Roswell in the 50s. Maybe it was the 70s, yeah. yeah. He said, he said, I was the funeral director. I, I drove an ambulance, my, my hearse. With, with little coffins and, and the soldier said you are never to talk about what you see here today and he delivered the little coffins and then he and then he went home it's, it's a wonderful story it's, it's just a fantastic story that's one of the ones where there's some questions about but what can you do at this point it would be nice if there were photos of something but I'm sure that if he did what he says he did, they would do everything in their power to make sure he didn't see what was inside those coffins. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, you have to take, uh, uh, all right, so I think, um, I think it was Jesse Marcel, but I believe there were others. People who were involved on their deathbeds, you know about this, on their deathbeds, a bunch of people involved with the recovery uh, told their uh, loved ones 
that uh, there was an alien crash. They helped cover it up. There were alien bodies. We'll have more with Dan and what was recovered possibly at Roswell. And Gene and Tim, you're in. (laughs) The Pentecost. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? 
I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Yes, the deathbed confessions, you always worry about that. You know, speaking of, we were talking earlier about possible attempts to reverse engineer Roswell technology, and we have this most curious book, The Day After Roswell, published in the 90s, by Philip Corso, military veteran, and William Burns, who wrote True Crime. And the problem with that is a lot of the things that Corso wrote in his book, that he was the bag man giving out alien technology, were just illogical and not verified by history of the particular inventions he mentions. But then in general, why would he write the book? This was a distinguished military man toward the end of his career. He died not long after that book came out. Why would he say things that if you looked and check back, you'd say, no, he didn't do that. He didn't recover technology for transistors or night vision goggles because transistors were invented by Bell Labs in just a few months after Roswell. They couldn't have done it that fast. And then again, if you had some kind of solid-state technology in a spaceship, it would be way beyond our iPhone, way beyond what anybody can detect. So I don't understand that book at all, unless he was conveying a general message that, yes, we tried to do something and couldn't do it. But the book read like fiction. Just a thought. All right. He probably made a few dollars. I bought that book. I mean, he probably made some dollars on the book. If you were a military guy your whole career, why would you risk being ridiculed if it was BS, you know? I mean... Maybe not everything he wrote exactly happened that way, but, you know, according to him, he was, he was given, like you said, I think Kevlar, I think fiber optics, Kevlar, Gene, what else did, did he say? Transistors? Night vision goggles. Right. Okay. So. Yeah, I think I fiber know. optics as well. I put him in the Bob Lazar category. Do you believe Bob Lazar? You know, Bob Lazar has a very compelling story to tell. I don't believe Bob Lazar, and he won't come on the Paracast to send us straight. So I kind of put it in my, ooh, not a gray basket. I don't think he qualifies for that. I mean, it could be he's telling us all the truth. It could be that he's been involved with people like Richard Doty. I don't know if you've heard about him. He's a former Air Force agent to generate spin control. It's possible that the day after Roswell was meant at spin control to divert your attention from what was really going on. 
it's a, an enigma and what's that, what's that expression it's a puzzle inside an enigma inside a conundrum or whatever that expression is, right you know. i'll go with that yeah <laughs> well now from what i heard about uh, um colonel corso is that you know his original book was titled i think it was i walked with giants all right and it was it was more of a, like a basic autobiography of of his his long and very outstanding career, and it the whole thing about uh, the uh, Roswell and the uh, uh, alleged artifacts from it was really just a small section of it, but then um, when William Burns got a hold of it. You know, Burns went to Corso and say, you know, this is this part is really interesting, and you need to expand what happened. And I think that's the you know the genesis of from I walked with giants to the what was it called the day after Roswell. Right. Well, I know that Burns really contributed a lot to the published version. I don't want to say he made it all up because if we had. Burns on the show a number of times early in the history of the Paracast. We talked about it, and he was very straightforward about it. I met him several times, mm-hmm. had dinner with him a few times, with him and his wife, Nancy. And he seemed like a decent guy and all, but he was a bit of a storyteller, so I have no idea. And at that point, Corso was long gone. I do remember when the book first came out, he actually made an appearance on the original Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. But he didn't sound too well. He was having difficulty getting through the interview. So there you go. Can I uh, talk about my dad for a second? Please. All right. So again, so um, my dad worked for the U.S. Army as a civilian and electronics engineer, 1951 to 96. And he had top secret clearance. He was a GS-13, which is very, very high up on the on that on that government service scale. I think 15 is the highest. So he had top secret clearance. Uh, I know he used to go to the Pentagon quite often. He used to go to White Sands and um, Vandenberg and Edwards to watch missile and things being tested that he helped design. And he would give contracts out to uh, major manufacturers. He went to the Pentagon and gave speeches. I know he did. Uh, he once told me that Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, and Ford all had read some of his reports. Um, and uh, over the years, I did ask him every every couple of decades, <laughs> I'd say, Dad, do you know about UFOs? No, no there's, there's no UFOs. I don't know what, what are you talking about? Ha, ha, tee, he, he left. He would like with his hand, like, oh, what are you kidding? Just make a joke and turn and walk away. He never, he never was serious about that topic. But um, in those days, people like my dad, everything uh, was their pension. So my dad, so I guess this is the opposite of Philip Corso, okay? My dad was the opposite. Let's say my dad worked on reverse engineering. Let's say he did for the sake of argument. He wasn't going to tell my mother me or my brothers or his best friends, he wasn't going to tell anyone why. My dad couldn't wait to retire at 65 to get his pension. He wasn't going to jeopardize that pension by leaking any kind of top secrets. So you have someone like Philip Corso, who had the top, top, top secrets, and he told the world, and then someone like my dad, 
who I know had top secrets, I know he did, and never told a soul anything ever. So, you know, there's a range of people from that era, from that generation, who took their oath of, of, of secrecy very seriously. And um, that's why, me personally, I tend to believe a Corso, because why would someone at that level jeopardize, like, like, you know, whether or not you believe Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar risked his life, apparently there were attempts on his life. Bill Corso may have, may have ruined his pension or may have had attempts on his life, I don't know. But I think people who are very extremely, either very brave or very stupid, break that cone of silence and say, hey, world, you know, that this is a huge secret. Jesse Marcel always said, I've seen him interviewed in old documentaries. He said, you know, I wish I could have told the world and told my family, but he goes, we were told you can't ever tell anybody. Don't ever tell anybody or we'll take care of you. So I think there are a couple of heroes in ufology along the way. Uh, if Corso and Lazar are heroes, I'm not sure, but at least they made the attempt to get some new information out into the world. Well, with Corso, I'm just thinking this entire book was a diversion. That's the possibility, because I can't think that he would do that just to write a fictional book with questionable inventions. He may be okay. saying in general about what he did, but he kept the fine details a secret just to get the message out there. Well, then why write the book at all if, if it was going to be questioned or not fully detailed? You know, really, why did he write it at all, Gene, do you think? What was his motive? It doesn't make sense to me because what he writes there doesn't comport with the facts. So that's what makes it curious. Now, the original edition of the book, it had a forward by Senator Strom Thurmond from South Carolina, okay. who obviously had a as they say, a bit of a racist history in yeah. Congress. I met him once when really? I was working, yeah. at a radio working at a radio station in Charleston, South Carolina, wow. and we're interviewing Senator Thurman. Okay, that's really good. When he did the interview, he always looked down at the floor. I mean, it, was, it wasn't TV, it was radio. So I'm pointing the mic at him, you'd think, pointing the mic at me, he'd be looking at my face. No, he was looking down at the floor as if the notes were on the floor that he was reading, which, of course, wasn't true. But he wrote the introduction to the book, and when he learned it was UFO-related, he said, get my introduction out of that book. So I think there was a subsequent printing where it was removed. Well, what do you think of some of the U.S. senators, and I forget the name, there's a Republican guy who is a proponent of, of the military telling us giving us disclosure information. What do you think of some of the, the modern uh, government people who were, or Steve Bassett, who I met recently, or Dr. Greer? What do you think about people who want disclosure? Let's talk about disclosure in our next segment with Dan, Gene, and Tim, and I've got opinions. You're in the Pentecost. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Not a fan of Dr. Greer, because I think he's been doing a lot of things to profit. Stephen Bassett is, as far as I'm concerned, I know the guy, he's been on the show a number of times. I think he's thoroughly sincere in what he's doing. Whether he's, you know... Chasing windmills, I don't know. But he believes in what he's saying. He's been talking about disclosure for, what, 25 years now? And it doesn't seem to happen. Now, the U.S. Senate. Of course, we have that article that came out in 2017 in the New York Times. from Right. And we had Ralph Blumenthal, one of the authors on here. We had Leslie Kane a number of times, along with the Pentagon correspondent from the New York Times. And it revealed this project to look into UAPs. Now, amongst those who were involved, the late Senator Stevens from Alaska, a Republican with, shall we say, a checkered reputation for honesty, and he was even charged and possibly convicted of a crime, a white-collar crime. The late Senator Harry Reid, a former Democratic Senate Majority Leader who was very close with Bob Bigelow, the fellow, of course... Right, the hotel magnet associated with the Skinwalker Ranch. Senator Reid, in his statements after he retired from Congress, shows me this guy was clearly an ET believer, 100%. And he got the military to allocate $22 million to investigate UAPs. Now, as we all know, in military parlance, when you look at the Pentagon budget, it's the equivalent of spending 30 cents on something 
to put $22 million. And that's, you know, I'd say it's even less, but I'll say 30 cents and I'll be generous. That was largely a gift to Bigelow, who used the money. And speaking of MUFON, MUFON got some of the money to engage in some investigations, but it didn't work out well. I think it was mostly a question of who owned the sightings, property rights, intellectual property rights, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, the thing looking in retrospect is, yes, now suddenly the government is taking UFOs seriously, even if they call them UAP. We've got people like Luis Elizondo, who's marketing a forthcoming book, and from a mid-level security analyst is making himself into some kind of big personality. Fun. As they say, Mazel Tov. Right. <laughs> okay. So the question here is, was this project originally just a kickback to Bigelow because Bigelow contributed and was a friend of Senator Reid and contributed to his campaign? Or was it something genuinely trying to research something and figure out what happened? Then we have the naval UFO experiences. And we have all the current interest in UFOs. Like every year in the new Pentagon budget, they continue a UFO or UAP organization with a different name. And I haven't paid attention to the names anymore. I say, what's the name going to be next year? I don't know what they're doing or where they're going with this. But one of the people involved in that program co-wrote an article where he did not dismiss the possibility of aliens sending their craft here. So what can I say? They basically say, we don't know what they are. We have no evidence they're spaceships. But then you look at this project and you say, well, if we recovered wreckage at Roswell, what's the point of this? What about the, I don't know if you're familiar with the case here, the case in Brazil, in Virginia, Brazil, that formed the basis of the James Fox documentary, Moment of Contact. Now, allegedly, in that instance, the wreckage of the crashed spaceship was given to the U.S. military for analysis. If they got all this wreckage sitting there, why would they say we have no evidence of spaceships? So I'm glad the investigation's going on. I just have those qualms. And Gene, I think it was just bodies. I don't know if they ever recovered any wreckage from the uh, Varinja. <laughs> I can never pronounce that, the Brazil case. Virginia. It's like Virginia, Virginia, but you got to give a je. It's Virginia with a je. There you go. (laughs) And and somebody who speaks Portuguese now is going to be yelling at me in Portuguese (laughs) and telling me he screwed it up. Well, obviously there was a crash something. So I got the impression they included wreckage, too. It wasn't just the bodies. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think you know the most of the uh, uh, information that I've ever run across. You know, I mean, there was the uh, uh, possible location, but the emphasis was always on at least one body and possibly several. That was the case that really, really influenced James Fox, as he told us when we came on the show to talk about the film. Daniel, have you seen that film? No, I know James Fox has a new one that's coming out this weekend, I believe. Another new one? I know Moment of Contact came out last year. No, brand new. I believe Friday. Brand new one. I met James Fox at AlienCon, 
And uh, I forget the name of it, but it's a brand new one. It's going to stream on all the digital platforms this Friday. Hmm. Um, getting back to the UAPs, recent, the three recent ones over North America, a um, couple of things. I remember Biden went on TV to, you know, quote unquote, explain them. And I was watching that on CNN and I was thinking to myself, wow, this is a chance for Joe Biden, an 80-year-old man, to become the disclosure president right here. It's in his hand right now. And when he talked, well, you know, well, we shot down three things. We don't really know what they were. We think, that we think the first one was a hobbyist balloon, a hobbyist balloon. So I'm looking at some research I did about that first one. It was the size of a small car, not similar in size or shape to the China balloon. When they, the media asked Glenn Van Herrick, the Air Force general responsible for overseeing North American airspace, about that shooting down, this is the February 10th shoot down, he refused to rule out extraterrestrial forces at play. So, um, okay, that's pretty interesting. Anyway, I, I was hoping that Biden was going to go for it and say, you know what, I'll, I'm going to be honest with you people, <laughs> we shot down three craft. We don't know what they are. We're not sure. Uh, we'll let you know when we recover them. But it was like the first, well, I think the first one was a hobbyist balloon from Montana, if I recall correctly, which, okay, even if it was, how come they didn't show that one ever? What about the other two? You know, what about the other two? One was cylindrical and one was the size of a car. And these, these, are not, these are not balloons. They, they weren't. Why didn't they give any, and no media, here's the other thing, like a Leslie Keene. Why didn't the Leslie Keene or Ralph Blumenthal, why didn't they say, hey, uh, President Biden, you know, it's been two months, by the way. Um, what were those three UAPs that we shut down? It's been two months. No one's ever talked about it. Everyone forgot about it. Jim Acosta on CNN said, ooh, uh, am I hearing the X-Files music? I remember when he said that, I got upset. <laughs> how, do, how does the world forget that we shot down three unidentified flying objects? How does the world forget that? It, it, it upsets me greatly. Well, the press of events here, so many things are happening across the world. The political byplay here. I mean, in the middle of this, okay, they're charging Trump with this, that, and the other thing, and there's politics in the House and Senate, and we've got all this stuff going on. And if E.T. landed tomorrow, it may make CNN and MSNBC and that other channel we don't mention, it may make them for a day or two. And then the story would disappear because that's what happens right now. Indeed, I think that if President Biden came on TV tomorrow and said, we've done our investigation of the UAP mystery and we see great indications here that they are from an off-world origin visitors from another planet. If you're a Democrat, you'll believe him. If you're an independent, mm. if you're a Republican, it's fake news, folks. He's got some kind of liberal agenda and he's just trying to take control of us. He's trying to feed us a lot of nonsense. And I want to use the other word. That's the crazy world in which we live. And it also means that if real evidence is out there, it wouldn't get the kind of coverage you would expect. Dan, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, simulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. 
That's danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So the title of your book I want to go back to here. Sure. After They Came. Let's look at the, give me a summary of this. Because sure, obviously okay. it conveys an impression which I expect is related to disclosure. Very much so. So after they came, here's the storyline. The storyline is there's a man named Jonathan Tuckerman living in Los Angeles, and he's miserable with his life. He's a sad sack. His business has failed. His children don't speak to him. His first wife he killed in a car accident. His second wife left him. He's alone in life. And he's about to turn 70 and he just hates his life. So on his 70th birthday, he gets a giant bottle of vodka. He gets a million sleeping pills, drives out to Malibu, parks his car, (laughs) takes off his clothes, drinks all the vodka, takes all the pills, swims out to sea in the Pacific and drowns. That's the, that's the, those are the first five pages of my book. This guy goes out to sea and drowns because that's all he wanted to do was commit suicide. As he's drowning in the ocean, an enormous UFO comes up out of the Pacific, right from where he was, comes up straight above him, beams him on board, saves his life, and flies slowly over all of Los Angeles, arriving at Dodger Stadium. By the time it gets to Dodger Stadium, because it was so slow to get there, police cars, ambulances, fire trucks, media, lights, cameras, microphones, police, shotguns, and cameras... Everything has, has uh, collected at Dodger Stadium because the craft is hovering above Dodger Stadium now. Finally, after a while, it stops spinning. It opens up its bottom door and out come a beautiful, gorgeous Nordic male alien, tall, seven foot tall alien, long silver white hair, pale skin, blue eyes, and like these beautiful white, silky, glowing robes. Equally beautiful woman comes down next to him, same, looks exactly like the other guy. And then they beam down this poor schmuck, Jonathan Tuckerman, who just was drowning in the ocean. Now he's naked, and they beam him down onto second base, naked. He has no idea what's happened. The story takes place in 2033, 10 years from The male alien says, people of Earth, don't be afraid. We're here to help you. We love you. We've been here for tens of thousands of years. We are not here to harm you. We've come to help you overcome some of your insurmountable problems. But there's one caveat. We're only going to work through this man, Jonathan Tuckerman. And the guy's naked. He's naked. He's laying there. He is like asleep. has no idea what to do. We have a relationship with him. He's important to us. Respect him. We will work only through him. If you have problems, world, go to this guy. This is our guy. We'll come back in a month, and, and we'll, we'll see you then. So the two aliens get back on the ship. ship vanishes, takes off. Now this poor schlub, it's his 70th birthday. He just drowned but came back to life. And now the world's media is right there and going, who are you? What, what's going on? What, how did you get saved by aliens? Uh, Mr. Tuckerman, is that your name? What, what's going on? And he looks up. He goes, what? 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 What's happening? That's the opening scene in my book. That sounds like the opening scene in a movie before the titles. Okay, I'll tell Spielberg when I pitch this movie to him. 
Don't tell me you're not going to pitch this. You are, aren't you? Yeah. No, actually, yes. I'm going to pitch it to Spielberg by hook or crook. Actually, I'm going to. But anyway, that's the opening scene. So this guy, all he wanted to do was be dead. And then the opening scene of this movie or book, whatever, he's now the most famous man in the world. Because the most gorgeous aliens from the from Pleiades or the future or wherever they're from have just saved him on national global live national television. What does that say? Aliens are here, they exist, their technology is far beyond ours. They just told us they've been here for tens of thousands of years. They they were involved with the creation of mankind. So you know, in in, in eight minutes it solves a lot of the world's biggest mysteries right off the bat. So my book is in thirds, Gene. There's three sections. So the rest of the first third is they bring this poor schlub to the president of the United States at the White House. I based her on Oprah Winfrey because when I first wrote the first draft, Oprah Winfrey, there was a rumor she might run for president. So in my book, in 10 years from now, we have an African-American lady president in her 70s based on Oprah Winfrey. And the president meets with this guy and says, Mr. Tuckerman, what on earth just happened? Who are you? What's going on? How did aliens know you? And he's in the White House now. He goes, Madam President, I don't have the slightest idea what's going on. I just wanted to be dead. I have no idea what's happening in my life. I have no idea whatsoever. So she sets him up at the UN. She goes, okay, you're going to be the world's first interstellar galactic ambassador. She gives him an office at the UN. She reunites him with his long lost children. She gives him a team she gives him $100 million budget, and she says, you work with the aliens and, and keep me posted on what they want to do. So over the course of that first year when they're together, he and the aliens eliminate nuclear weapons. They eliminate physical disease. They eliminate mental illness. They eliminate all the guns on the earth. They, rever- they reverse climate change. They end famine. They provide clean water. They provide gold to build homes for the homeless. And, and within a, a year's time, at the end of the year's time, this lead character gets a Nobel Peace Prize for having worked with the aliens to cure all of mankind's biggest problems. That's the first third of the book. Do we have to break? Actually, we will only in a couple of minutes. So why don't you give us part two, two, okay. two, okay. two, sure. two. So at the end of part one, right, he's on top of the world. He's reunited with his children. He meets a woman, doctor, who they fall in love. So this beautiful woman. So on day one, he's 70 and he's killing himself. And one year later, exactly a year later, he's the most famous man in the world. Nobel Peace Prize winner, friend of aliens. They call him the hero of Earth. That's his nickname, the hero of Earth. That's part one of three. The second part is... People start asking him, hey, Mr. Tuckerman, yeah, thanks for all you've done, but how come they chose you? You know, there's 8 billion people on Earth. Why did these remarkable aliens of all the people in the world, why did they choose you? He goes, you know what? I never asked them. I don't have the slightest idea. They go, don't you think it's time? It's been a year. Don't you think maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe I should ask them. So in part two, he asks them, hey, uh, can I ask you why me? And they give him a device, and the device is like a home movie. It's like it's like a shoebox, but it's like a little home movie theater. And the lead alien says, "Jonathan, watch these movies of your parents. 
and you'll you'll understand. So it turns out that Jonathan's father, this is where my father comes in, Jonathan's late dad, 70 years earlier in time, saved the life of an alien baby who had crashed who had crashed to Earth. He was a scientist, he was doing missile launches at Vandenberg Air Force in, in, in 1963, and his missile collided with a little UFO and this little baby alien fell to Earth and he saved the life of the baby alien. And it turns out that one of the surprises in the book is that little baby alien is now the adult male alien 70 years later who saved Jonathan from the Pacific Ocean. We'll get more into saving things. With Dan, Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. USA News Update. President Biden ordering the Pentagon to get a handle on how it handles classified documents. Georgia firefighters containing a massive fire at a resin plant that forced an evacuation order to be issued for some surrounding areas. Lincoln University in Chester County, Pennsylvania, was in lockdown last night after a double shooting on campus. That lockdown was lifted this morning. Two females who were not students were injured. They are in stable condition. The suspect still on the loose. Three New Mexico officers on administrative leave after they opened fire on a man while responding to the wrong address for a domestic violence call. That incident left that 52-year-old man dead, his wife being shot at while all three kids were in the house. No other injuries were reported. Corey Myers, USA News. I need a tax preparer. How should I choose one? Using a paid tax preparer this year? Before paying someone to do your taxes, make sure they're qualified. Ask about their fees, experience, and training. Check with a Better Business Bureau. Avoid anyone who promises a higher refund. And review your tax return before you sign it. And make sure your preparer signs it too. For more tips, visit irs.gov and search Choosing a Preparer. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. 
Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs and dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayley Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So the alien that he saved comes back 70 years later and does all this stuff. You say why they chose him. But why did they pick that particular time to reveal themselves to the public? Okay, very good question. It's, well, they had been saving. All right, so it turns out they put a tracker. All right, when, when the baby alien met his parents 70 years earlier, he implanted a tracking device into, into Phoebus Jonathan, the lead character so that he could always keep track of him. So in over the course of, so part two of the book, you see throughout Jonathan's life, the numerous times he almost died or was severely injured. Every time this alien was committed to paying back the parents for this favor. So this alien, every time Jonathan almost was killed or injured, saved his life numerous times throughout the course of his life. At the age of 70, they, they figured, you know what? Now, I don't know. I, I never thought of that, why it would be now. But I liked it. I thought it made sense. Also, part two, the aliens give Jonathan two devices to share with the world. The first is something they call the, a, a dream theater. Now, I wrote this story, Gene, in the 70s in high school as a short story. I put it in the book. They give Jonathan, dream theater, it's a device that records your, think about this, records your dreams. Every human records their dreams at night. And when you wake up in the morning, it's a little projector and you can watch your dreams as though you're watching TV. When I wrote that in the 70s, my teacher gave me an A++. He goes, this is the best short story I've ever read by a high school student. So it took me decades to like shove that into this book. So he markets dream theater everyone around the world buys this device and it's the big it's like the new apple iphone everyone in the world has dream theater then they show him the whole movie of him with his parents his mother was also involved with saving the baby alien and then he markets this um this he calls it second chance theater 
you get a chance to watch your old home movies, apparently God or, or the universe has recorded every human life. And this machine can access anyone's home movies from out the... Think about that. Every moment of every human life that ever was, you can, through this device, you can watch, you know, when you got rejected at the, at the eighth grade dance by a girl, you can watch it here. Well, I wouldn't want to have nightmares watching what I did wrong for the past 300 years. So and I'm still trying to get over my regrets as well. I know what you're saying. Right. But so this, this, wouldn't, this wouldn't necessarily be a gift. Well, Gene, in this version, you can go into the scene, though. Here's the thing. The aliens have it so you can go into the scene for those moments, fix, undo what you did wrong so you can get it off your chest. But when you come out, when your brain, you know, your brain waves, whatever, when you come back out of the machine, you didn't change history. It's called second chance theater. Let's say someone died on their deathbed. You didn't have a chance to say goodbye to them in real life. With this machine, you can go to that moment, say goodbye, I love you, you know, it's to, to get things off of your chest, really. So that's called Second Chance Theater. Jonathan becomes a multimillionaire. He barkets that. It becomes another huge invention. Uh, and then at the end of part two, his mother is dying, and it turns out that his mother also knew that little baby alien. And his mother says, Jonathan, you have a twin sister. And he goes, what? And, he, and the mother on her deathbed says, you have to find your twin sister. Promise me before I die. You'll find your twin sister. He goes, I promise. Mother dies. That's the end of part two. Part three, I won't reveal what happens, but in part three, he and his family travel the world looking for the sister. And it, it, when, when he meets the sister, it's a, it's a huge twist to the whole story. Hopefully it's a happy ending. It's a happy ending up until the very last page, not to give it away, but I'm a huge JFK assassination uh, uh, theory person. And let's just say that there are moments <laughs> on the last page that are not dissimilar to poor JFK. Okay, well, I'm looking at the last page now. I will not reveal what I see, okay? You will not know. Well, read the book after they came. It's on Amazon, Kindle, or print. I can't afford to, I couldn't afford to do the audio version. I wish I did because people have been asking. But if you like science fiction and you like an original story, this book has been embraced by Nick Pope, Richard Dolan, Lynn Katai, Travis Walton, Chase Klutsky, and Kathleen Martin. They've all enjoyed it. They've all told me that they've enjoyed this book. Um, I handed it to Eric. Oh, Gene, this is funny. I handed it to Eric Vondanikin a month ago at AlienCon. I said, Eric, I have a gift for you. He goes, oh, thank you. He goes, I haven't read this one yet. I go, Eric, it just came out three days ago. I thought that was really sweet when he said that. I gave it to Giorgio. Nick Pope gave me the quote on the cover. that says, a delightful tale of wonder and hope. Nick Pope, that's on the cover of my book. And I've been very blessed that people like it. It was divinely inspired. My dad's death inspired this book. It's a tribute of me to my dad after his passing. Well, best of luck with it. We have a PDF copy, Tim and I, of the book, and we're going to be reading it more. I've read some of it already, but I don't want to tell you how it ends, okay? Oh, yeah. And I'm not the kind of guy who goes to the last page and says, okay, had enough of this. Let me see how it ends. We don't do that. Well, I will say that it's a very highly dramatic ending. However, 
I left room open. If, if there's going to be a sequel for a book or a movie, I did leave an open door for a sequel. So it'd be like a miniseries or a part one, part two, or something like this you can make into a short-term series like 10 episodes a season. Well, Gene, you're the second person who told me, someone else said this should be a six-part miniseries on Netflix. I said, yeah, and my hair should go back on my head, you know? I mean, sure, <laughs> of course, I would, would I love it? My mother goes, when are you going to call your friend Steven? Because I met him in 2010. I said, Ma, I can't just call Steven. Yeah, he would like your story. He did E.T. Oh, really, Mom? Stephen did E.T.? Okay, thank you. <laughs> My mother's 88, God bless her, still alive. Little old Brooklyn lady, still alive. Why does she sound like Howard Stern's mother? Oh, every time I heard Howard Stern's mother, I thought it was my mother. Exactly to say, oh, oh that's how you talk to your mother? You know? Yeah, same voice. Same harsh Jew, Brooklyn Jew woman voice. Well, of course, with Howard Stern's mother, I don't know if she's still alive or not. But when I heard her on the show, that's what she sounded like. My mother did not sound like that. Really? Okay, she, was, she was second generation here. And she sounded just like a normal person. I can't say today if she had a distinctive Brooklyn accent. It's too many years ago she left in the 80s, the 1980s. So we do not know. I can't recall how she sounded. My father was a mixture of Brooklyn and he grew up in Manhattan and had traveled around the country for a while. So he was a mixture. So we never figured him out. My brother had a little bit of the New York going on in him, but he was big pharma. He was an early entrant as big pharma. He had started a investment banking service specializing in the healthcare industry and genome projects, as a matter of fact. And before that, he was a development executive, research executive for Johnson & Johnson in the days when Reach toothbrushes were invented. So he boasted he was the inventor of Reach toothbrushes. That's pretty cool. That's pretty but the cool real stuff. irony of that is there was a magazine once called Longevity, which is no longer here. It didn't last long. But there was an article in there saying, in a sense, I'm just paraphrasing, why Wally Steinberg will live forever. Now you can see the punchline here. The article came out a year later, age 61, he dies in his sleep. Like he challenged the powers that be. How dare you say you're going to live forever? We'll show you once or twice. This was 1995. There you go. Big Pharma. He was part of that. Whatever you think of Big Pharma. Okay. Dan Harari, Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. 
With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at, no pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with Dan, Gene, and Tim. 
Dan is going to be back for the After the Paracast podcast, or he'll be right back. And we'll talk with him further about lots of things. And we got into disclosure, sort of, Dan, earlier when we were talking about the current project. And we know some people like Steve Bassett have been talking of disclosure for years. Back in the 1950s, Major Donald Kehoe was talking of disclosure, but not using that word. He said, you know, well, I think it's going to come. The truth is out there. and I think we're going to have it revealed. It never was during his lifetime, very long lifetime. Here we are today, and it doesn't look like anything is happening. So as we progress here, moving onward and upward, do you think disclosure is going to happen in your lifetime, my lifetime, whatever? Last month, I went to AlienCon Pasadena. I met all the ancient alien characters, all of them. And then late March, a few weeks ago, I went to UFOCon in San Francisco. My brother lives in Monterey. My brother and I went together. And Steve Bassett gave a presentation at UFOCon. I met him afterwards. I gave him my book as a gift. This is funny, Gene. I happened to mention I'm a Hollywood publicist. He goes, you're a publicist? Really? You're a publicist? I need a publicist. Uh, I need a publicist. So he, he gave me he, he gave me his business card. He goes, let's, let's stay in touch. Let's definitely stay in touch. I said, sure. It'd be my honor to be in touch. Like you said earlier, Steve Bassett is very passionate about this. At the end of his talk, Gene, at UFOCon, he said, this is my new hashtag. It's, it's hashtag months, not years for disclosure. Months, not years. And I thought, okay, that's very, very wishful thinking. I would love to see this in our lifetime. My daughter's 33. She turned 33 the other day. I said, Anjali, I truly hope you live to see disclosure. It's going to happen. It's going to be huge and important. And, and she said, Dad, I hope you're still alive. I said, yeah, me too. I would love it. I'm telling you, when I saw Biden try to explain the three UAPs that he did not explain, like I said earlier, Gene, there was a little thing in the back of my head. I was like, come on, Joe, you can do it, man. You can do it. All you got to do is say, we don't know where these came from, what these are. They may have been from somewhere else. A, a couple of words, five words. He would have become the disclosure president. He would have been the guy. And, and I love Joe Biden as a human being. He's a warm person. And I was like, Joe, you be the, you can do this for me. I'm alive. You're alive. Go for it. And he didn't. He stopped short. Does he know? Maybe not. Did the military tell him the truth? Maybe not. I believe not every president has been informed. Reagan apparently knew, Dick Cheney, of course, George Bush Sr., of course. Some of the other younger, more modern presidents, I don't know, Obama and Clinton, I don't know if they were ever told. I would love to see it in our lifetime. I certainly hope my daughter lives to see it in her life. What about Jimmy Carter? He had a sighting. Reagan had two sightings. I believe he was in airplanes both times. Carter had a sighting. Clinton tried very hard to get, I know Podesta worked with him, to try to get the files You've probably seen the clip of Clinton on Jimmy Kimmel, and Kimmel goes, come on, Mr. President, tell us about it. He goes, Jimmy, I looked into it. I, they didn't tell me. I don't know. They didn't tell me. Jimmy Kimmel asked Obama. He goes, Obama goes, Jimmy, I, I really, like, laughed and goes, I, I, I can't talk about it. Oh, I'm really sorry. I really can't talk about it. How much are, do our presidents know? Whoever runs, whoever are the new Majestic 12 today in this era, whoever those guys are, I think they're more powerful than any of our U.S. presidents. Well, we have two former CIA directors who want more information on the subject, most recently Brennan. And you think, you're head of the CIA, you're head of this large intelligence organization. You don't know? 
If they don't know, there's something very wrong, right? I mean, who are these super powerful people up there? More powerful than our president and the head of the CIA. I'm sure Cheney knew. Did you ever hear the radio broadcast? Cheney was interviewed when he was VP, and someone called in on the radio and said, Mr. Vice President, tell us about aliens and UFOs. And he goes, do you think I'm going to share that information with you? The way he said it was like, of course I know. Do you think I'm going to share this information with you? The way Cheney said it, man, it was fantastic. It's so obvious. Well, he's still around, so maybe he'll reveal something before he gets his next replacement heart. Right. It would be nice if one of these alpha cockers would show some courage. And again, I really, truly thought Biden, I was like, I went into a daze. I'm like, this is going to be it. That's live TV. I'm going to see it right now. Oh, it was a balloon from Montana. No, Joe, I don't, I don't think it was a balloon from Montana. I really don't think so. You know what's interesting yeah. here, though? Back in the 2016 campaign with Trump and Clinton, please, no politics. I just can't stand any more of that. All right. So Hillary Clinton is asked about UAPs. She said, that's what we call them now. And you knew she's interested. And she says she would look into it if she became president. She said this on the all-night shows. Trump never, ever criticized her. I mean, he was running around saying, lock her up, lock her up. I thought, you know, this would be an opening for him to say, oh, she's a complete whack job. She's talking about flying saucers. He said nothing. And even when he was asked whether you like him or not, he was kind of straight about it. That particular subject, he didn't embrace. He stayed away from. I watched that clip recently. I believe it was Fox. They go, Mr. President, can you tell us about UFOs? He goes, I don't know if they're real or not. Maybe. I don't know. No one told me. I'm not sure. But I'm open-minded. Maybe. But I'm really, I don't want to talk about it, but I'm really not sure. So you're right, Gene. He, he never discounted it, you know. And Clinton remained interested. And of course, we know John Podesta worked with Leslie Kane on her first book, and he was very seriously interested in the subject. And you think about this, people in authority, Hillary Clinton, her husband's president for two terms, they took over from H.W., who may or may not have known something. And you think the president of the United States doesn't have the clearance? Can't he demand? I want to know what UFOs are. What can they say? Can they say it's above my pay grade? It's above your pay grade? Maybe the head of the CIA, who's a political appointee, they can hide it from. But if there is a truth, which is the other question, if there is a truth to be known about UFOs, you'd think any of these people, if they wanted or made the right effort, if they asked nicely or not so nicely, they would know. And I have the other theory, which you won't like, but we can go into it in After the Paracast. I would think here that if... These people in authority do not know. There is either a tremendous secret that is just too far above them, or there is no secret. Basically, the military lives within the corners of their mission, and spaceships are not within their missions. They don't want to know about because they can't understand it. They don't want to know things they cannot understand. So what may be happening here, and you can consider this, Daniel, that the military doesn't know because they do not want to know. they rather just wipe the slate clean. What do you think? 100% opposite. They've known since 47. They know all about it. They know all about it. If you believe Truman and Majestic 12, they, they set up the protocols for 
disc recovery, alien living and, and dead body recovery. There's been too many anecdotal stories all over the world. You know, Kecksburg, the people that saw the, the crash in Kecksburg. In my strong opinion, we've known, the major governments of the world have known since 47. They keep it from us. We don't know why. And it would be nice if they decided now would be a good time to share it with the rest of us. Hey, Daniel, do you have a website or someplace we can check you out and find more about what you're doing? Yeah. So I've written four books altogether. So Dan Harari, author. Dan Harari Author, A-U-T-H-O-R, DanHarariAuthor.com is all my information, and you can contact me there, and I'd love to hear from you, DanHarariAuthor.com. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Of course, with them laying 80% of Twitter's employees off, they may not be at Twitter to even talk about. So <laughs> we also have the our presence on Facebook. We have two segments on Facebook. We also have the Paracast shop at the Paracast.shop where you can get branded merchandise for the show. And we also have the Paracast Plus at the Paracast.plus where you get this show free of the network ads, the After the Paracast podcast where Daniel will be back. We offer a special deal. If you subscribe for five years or lifetime subscriptions, and we've been doing this since 2014 with the Paracast Plus, you get a 20% discount with the coupon code UFO20, UFO20. Go to theparacast.plus to sign up, theparacast.plus. Daniel Harari, thank you so much for joining us on the Paracast. My pleasure, you guys. This is great. Thank you. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.